Welcome to the Focal Tangent Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Amlani, and in my years of business and entrepreneurship, I've learned a thing or two. I'm a brand strategist and photographer. I love a great brand and capturing businesses in action. However, what has always stuck with me is the uniqueness in every story and brand. This is a show all about connecting the power of storytelling mindset and brand strategy to bring to light the abundance of possibilities for creating the business of your dreams. Join me each week as I bring you impactful conversations with thought leaders in all areas of business, branding, and personal growth, and be inspired by their unique stories of experience and grit that led to success they never thought possible. So let's dive into this week's conversation. So positive thinking is good, but to a certain extent, there is something out there called toxic positivity, and it's a real thing. And when my friend Claudia Arwanowitz shared her article on LinkedIn about toxic positivity. It really caught my attention and it caught a lot of other people's attention with over 6,000 views. And it's something that's so relevant that I had to bring her on the show today. I'm so excited to have special guest Claudia Arwanowitz, an accomplished personal development and relationship coach here on the show today. Welcome, Claudia. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here with you today. Okay, so before we start off, I'm going to introduce you to everyone. So Claudia uses compassion, insight, and straightforward communication to support her clients through change and transition. Her ability to clarify complex situations and break them down into accessible steps helps her clients gain new perspective and confidence while embracing new opportunities. So Claudia, I'm just going to share with our listeners how we know each other. Yes, please do. That's the best way. (laughs) So we were in a group coaching program together. I think it was about maybe a year ago or so. We ended a year ago. Yeah. And that was an amazing journey. We we really got to know each other and learn and grow our businesses. And it was really great to be on that part of the journey. And I'm so happy to connect with you today about your zone of genius and to share it with our listeners. I'm really excited to be here because I really value and see the work that you're doing and the journey because, you know, we've been together for it. So thank you so much for having me. Okay, so Claudia, tell us about your story and your journey to becoming an entrepreneur. That's something that I find, I just love to share those types of stories because for our listeners, there's some who are aspiring to become an entrepreneur or they're further along in their journey. But either way, just the story of how you got to where you are today. So I actually come from public health and change behavior and I loved doing what I was doing. And 10 years ago, I got cancer and I was at home for two years. And when I was supposed to go back home, they let me go because the area had disappeared. And I just found myself looking for a job and people telling me you're overqualified and it's not this. And I don't ask me why, but I went back to my husband and said, find me a job where my strengths will be used, where my age is going to be good and I'll start over. And I started meeting with people and somebody that really knows us told me you're really good with people. That is where your strength is. You understand your wise. Go to a coaching course. And I'm like, what is that? Like, I don't ask me. I got into a computer. I paid a course and I went. And I didn't know, you know, people knew exactly what they were going into. I'm like, I have no idea, but I know I need to start something different. And I just fell in love with the profession because I, I've always loved helping others. And I used to do it more in a community wide, but I love seeing the change in my clients. And changing how they relate to themselves and then changing the reality with others and on what they're doing. 
I mean, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. And I became an entrepreneur. And I think part of the journey has been all this master groups and the support that I've been getting to really get me to where I am today, which I consider myself to be very successful and very happy to have the flexibility and growth that I can have as an entrepreneur. Wow, that is incredible. And that's so unexpected. So when you first started your career, you had no idea that this is where you'd be owning your own business. And I had no idea what it meant to own your own business. And I think that's something that people need to understand. You know, when I get new coaches saying, so should I become a new coach? I'm like, yes, just take into account that there's sales and marketing and all these other things that are part of the business. Embrace it because it's just part of being an entrepreneur. Wow. Thank you for sharing. That is so insightful. And I just love hearing those stories. It's always so different and so personal. And I want to get into your zone of genius and touch on that article that got over 6,000 views on LinkedIn, toxic positivity. Can you share with me what that is and how we can deal with it, manage it? So it started, you know, I have a lot of mentors and people that I admire and I did a certificate in positive psychology and it started coming from a place where I get clients and clients that are saying, but I want to be more fulfilled and I need to find joy and my relationship has to be perfect. And, and I started saying, well, no, that's not it. Life is challenging by definition. If you expect every day and everything you do and every relationship you have to be perfect, you're not going to find it. You're going to be miserable. And I read a book that I really enjoyed from Susan Davids. And she talks a lot about accepting our feelings. And the more I thought about it, my client said, no, let's just call it. Positivity can be toxic because part of being positive is accepting that you have bad days and things you dislike and all kinds of feelings. I never thought it would touch so many people and it would be relevant to so many people. So when it comes to toxic positivity, part of it is someone may feel that their feelings are dismissed, right? Because there's this thing that we all have to be positive all the time. But how do you manage that and be real and and be willing to share those feelings that aren't always positive? Because part of it is you may feel like, oh, I don't want to be a downer to someone else. How do you overcome it? I don't know about you, but every time I share something where I show myself vulnerable and imperfect, it's what people relate to me. And I think it's two things. The first one that came up is, you know, why don't we answer how are you and we say fine? You know, during the pandemic, how many days were not fine? What would happen if I just say I'm having a hard time? You know, my husband was changing jobs and he once came down to me and said, you know what, I'm going to stop saying fine. I'm not going to say I'm looking for a job next time somebody asks me how I'm doing. Because that's the only way that people can help me. It doesn't mean I'm going to dwell and say I'm so unhappy and I'm negative. But I can say I'm having a hard time. I can say, you know, this year has been complicated. And I can be real, permitting the other person to be real too. And the second one is this concept that human beings are imperfect by definition. You, I, and the most successful person in the world is imperfect. We have things we like about ourselves. There are things we dislike about ourselves. There are things we succeed at and there are things we don't succeed at. We have good days and we have bad days. We have good feelings and bad feelings. It's just part of being human. And part of that is embracing it. Absolutely. It's like liberating. One of the concepts I walk through my clients in many different exercises is this concept of and, you know, and at work and and in relationships and and with myself, because it's liberating to think I am super positive, 
but I'm having a hard time. When I had cancer, that was one of my best learnings, which was I'm a very positive person by nature. I was having a really hard time. I was depressed, actually. And it was okay to say I'm still a positive person and I'm having a hard time. And just allow yourself to talk about it. Yeah. And as an entrepreneur, you know, I've done some great wins and I made some bad choices and not so good sessions or whatever that needed to be. How about relationships? I love my husband and sometimes I wish he could go for a trip though they're not happening anymore. It's okay. It's liberating to think. I can try things and not be attached to the results. So on one end, the toxic positivity is kind of how we share and explain ourselves when there is other things going on and we're just obsessed with positive thinking and just staying positive and not being real. But how about on the receiving end, right? So let's say someone is sharing something personal and not necessarily positive, but just real about what's going on in their life. And as the listener, maybe they don't know how to react and they're trying to be positive. And it's like, well, at least you got this or at least this happened or they're trying to point out the positive in the situation. And I know that that's another form of toxic positivity, but that can also lead to feelings of feeling like you're unheard or ashamed, you know? What's your recommendation for how to receive? Thank you for the question. That wasn't part of the article, actually, but it's this one. We need to allow ourselves to feel whatever we feel and let the other person feel whatever they feel. And then the choice comes, what do we do with those feelings? But when I share with you, I'm having a bad day. Almost one of the worst things you can do is tell me, oh, don't worry, let's minimize it. It's not that important. You're forgetting to look at the important thing. That triggers people. Think about you, it triggers me. Like, But I'm feeling sad and you're telling me I shouldn't be feeling that way, but that's how I feel. What we can do for the person is just acknowledge, oh, I'm hearing you're having a bad day. That's pure empathy. I don't have to agree with you. I don't have to convince you. I just have to let you know, oh, I'm hearing you're having a bad day. Why? Know what's happening and get curious. That immediately will help the person to feel acknowledged. And once they acknowledge their feelings and I acknowledge my feelings when that's happening to me, then actually they sort of go away. You know, there's, there's feelings, emotion. That's why they're called emotions. Because once we just accept they're there, then I don't have to dwell on them. And then thinking comes and conversations comes. And that's when we remember to be grateful and all the other positive things. We're not saying that positive thinking is bad. On the contrary, there is a place for wanting joy and wanting happiness. There's absolutely a place for feeling grateful and looking for the good. Absolutely, it's important. But when I call toxic positivities, it's not the only thing. You have to remember that there is an and. You can also feel down. And with your example, just acknowledge the person and your friend and say, oh, wow, really here and you're having a bad time. What's happening? And just be there for them. Just offer a listening ear. That's actually all we need. And I love your concept of the word and because it really allows us to feel multiple things, either positive or not. The concept of the and to me is liberating. It is my favorite word in the dictionary because then it means I can still be positive because there is a place for positivity, 100%. 
positive psychology is an amazing branch of psychology. Gratitude is important. Looking for the good is essential. Wanting to be happier, very important. Looking for fulfillment through a job and a contribution to society and to your family, essential. And there's sadness, there's frustration, there's anger, there's failure, there's having bad days and just walking, got down on the wrong foot with the bed. There's so many other things that they're also important in our lives. And it's the acceptance that we're going to feel both so that we can create a balance and yes, be happier and more fulfilled. But that doesn't mean I'm just going to be happy all the time. I'm just going to be joyful all the time. Nobody does. You know, social media doesn't help us. Everybody's with a selfie, with a smile. Look at people. Then they put it down and they sit by themselves and they're really sad. It's like it was just a picture. Life is complicated. It's difficult. It's also amazing and wonderful. It's a combination of both. And I love this topic because it's so relevant and it's such a great reminder in how we should show up in our business as well and just be real and also how to have compassion for our clients, people that we interact with. Because oftentimes when we're on social media, we do get hung up on the online networking, right? So we want to forge those connections and we want to be likable. And part of being likable is like, oh, I have to be my best self. I have to be on. But that's not always the truth. You can be who you are. And you may be talking to someone that you're trying to connect with, but it's okay to be real at the same time. It's not only okay, it's essential to be real. You know, one of the pictures, old pictures, I need to get new ones with you, but the old pictures, you know, people laugh because you can see I'm not perfect in the pictures and I asked the photographer not to touch them. Hey, I have wrinkles. When you're going to see me in person, I still have wrinkles and this is the way I look. And that's fine because I can still be powerful and not be perfect. My invitation to people would be, Know yourself, accept yourself, know what are your values, your strengths, your weaknesses, what's important to you, because from that knowledge, it's where you get empowered to make the right choices for your business and for your life. I really believe that, and we don't spend so much time. We have so many clients that come and I ask them questions and they will say, I don't know. And I'm like, great, that's why you're here. But let's find out the answers, because how can you know who you want to be and the choices you want to make and how you want to show up if you don't spend some time really knowing yourself and accepting and loving who you are. And what does that journey look like? What tools or processes do you suggest for that? Getting to know yourself. So first of all, you can do it on your own. It's just giving yourself your time to reflect and do it. I think it's much faster if you do it with a coach or, or somebody that can help you out because instead of taking so long, it's a deep process. It's making sure that you're giving yourself that time to reflect and to think and to accept and to learn. But there are strength assessments that you can do free online. You can get in touch with me and I'll send you a values exercise that's also free for you to explore. Ask yourself and when you, the answer is, I don't know. I don't know what I enjoy. I don't know what I want. Get more curious. What do you know? Spend the day just paying attention. What are the parts in your job that you actually did enjoy? What were the ones that came in ease? Which ones were the ones that came difficult? It's just about being more curious. 
but in a positive way. Yes, positivity, because it's in a really curious because you really want to get to know you. And it's also an ongoing journey. For example, even those strength-based assessments, I love those. I just love finding out what type of personality I am or what I'm good at. And those are good and it serves my purpose. But then I find that when I meditate, that really helps as well because I have that moment of silence to kind of listen to my inner voice or like journaling. But it's an ongoing process. It's not like I can take a day and then I'll know myself. It's an endless journey. And I think that was part of my process. It's that our personal development and growth to really become and have the life we want is, is endless. And I wish we will continue learning until the day we die. And the other thing is that we're the ones responsible for doing it. You know, get a coach, get somebody to help you, but you're responsible to do it. In a relationship, it's your job. Nobody can do and change that relationship with ourselves but us. I love how you talk about changing the relationship with yourself and from there with those around you. So tell me more about that second part. My belief and my expertise is saying that if I know myself better, if I understand what triggers me, if I understand what I need from others, clients, business partners, family, friends, then I can ask for it. I've had clients that say, well, I want to be acknowledged more. And when I ask them, okay, so which behaviors would make you feel that way? They say, oh, I don't know. That's the other person's problem. I'm like, oh, no. Because if you can't explain, I need this. This would help me. This is how I need support. Then the other person can give it to you. And that comes just by knowing ourselves. If we learn to ask for what we need, if we learn to say no and put boundaries, and if we learn to listen better to others, and there's, there's all tools for all of this, but it's awareness, you change the relationship. You really do. We have so much more control that starts from within us to change whichever relationship you're talking about. And for me, it's personal connections. Work, customers, family, it's the same. It's between two individuals. This personal awareness and knowing ourselves and changing the relationship with ourselves, I feel is such an essential trait or skill to have in leadership, being a leader and leading others. And when you're in that role of influencing other people, you have to believe in you. Absolutely. You know what? When I tell my clients that I've seen CEOs before an important meeting, stand up tall, breathe in, say a mantra, I'm good, I can do it, they don't believe me. They do it because we have to. We have to start from us and believing that we can and then we can lead others. You asked me before we got on the call, you know, what did I learn from my mastermind? And I was saying that I learned to really believe in my expertise. I learned to own that although I was only starting, I'm really damn good at what I do. And I can still be humble and quiet and honest and authentic and still own that I know my stuff and that I'm good in what I do. But it was accepting who I was and accepting how to also own something else, that and again. Part of that growth is that there are periods of time when we go through doubt, especially you know, when we're starting our business, you know, things are going good. And I am doubting myself here and there, like, you know, and I go through that all the time. But, but that's part of the like good and the bad. And something that we have to face in order to grow. Fear is part of a feeling. 
frustration and failure and feel and disappointment, there are some of the feelings we have to be willing to feel if you're going to find fulfillment and joy and happiness. They come together. That's why you know, we talked about toxic positivity. Is because if you only think you're going to succeed and you're not going to have doubts and fears and you're always going to love everything you do, you're not going to find it. If you're willing to doubt yourself and press the send anyhow to that newsletter or do something for the first time and be very fearful and doubt yourself, that's the only way we grow. It comes together with the other side as well. Oh, I love it. This was such a good conversation. So we talked about the concept of and, right? Really embracing the good and the bad. And we also talked about acceptance, facing fears, changing the relationship with yourself, the whole concept of toxic positivity and what it means and the impact it can have. And also like how to respond to it and kind of look at it in a different way so that it doesn't become so toxic anymore. Are there any other final thoughts or lessons learned that you wanted to share? That would be helpful for our listeners. I think the lesson learned is start from within. Start by really investing in yourself in whatever way or shape you feel you need it. We need it. We need it to invest in that mastermind group. We need it to invest in the things we need to invest. Invest in working with a coach. Invest in knowing yourself, in reading. Invest in accepting and loving yourself. Positivity, absolutely but not to the extreme. It comes together with all the other frustrations and doubts and fears and all the other things we do. But once you do that work, then show it up as well with the relationships that you have with others. Because the relationships themselves are imperfect. Even the best of the relationships will have disagreements. With your partner, with your customers, there's bound to be some disagreement. There's bound to be an unhappy customer. It's just part of relationships and don't be afraid of it. You know, like toxic positivity, it can be toxic to think that everything's going to be perfect with another human being. It isn't. Okay, so this is a really valid point because especially in business, especially when you own your own business, you directly interface with your clients and customers. And I love how you just made it real that it's not always going to be a positive experience. But even if it's somewhat of an unexpected experience, which can be termed as negative, it's okay. And I just love how you're bringing that up because it's like the relationships are not always perfect. And it doesn't mean that you're a bad business owner or like you're, you're failing in business. I admit like I get scared sometimes. I'm like, oh my gosh, is my client mad or am I going to get a bad review? But why am I striving to be so perfect? That's exactly it. Why do we need to be perfect to be really good at something? And what I've learned, you know, sometimes is I'll own my part, but I'll let the other person own their own part. And all I can do is ask myself, well, would I have done something differently? Is there something I can learn from this customer not being happy or this call, you know, relationship not working out? What is my part in it? What can I change? What might I learn? And then accept that boy, this one was hard. I'm going to go for a walk because it hurts. It's not easy. Tomorrow I'll start again. Thank you so much for really keeping it real, bringing these topics to the forefront that we all need to hear and listen to, but we don't often think about. It really shifts the perspective on how we have a relationship with ourselves, our business, and those around us. 
So Claudia, where can our listeners find you? And do you have any promos coming up? I invite them to go to my website, which I'm sure you have there. I have that article in Toxic Positivity and I have many more articles and I invite them to subscribe to the newsletter. I'll only send you something once a month with interesting and thoughtful insights. But I also invite them to send me a message and I'll send you some assessments and the values exercise that I'm talking about so that you can do them as well. And invest in yourself. Let's have a chat. Talk to somebody. It's worth every single effort, time, and money you put into it because it shows on how you feel with yourself and how you move forward. When negative and challenging times come along because life is not only positive. Thank you, Claudia. That was amazing. My pleasure. Thank you so much for doing this and for having me. Thank you so much for joining me this week on the Focal Tangent Podcast. If you love this episode, be sure to rate and review the podcast and hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss the next episode. Until next time, I am your host, Natalie Amlani.